Welcome to episode number eight of the Low Angst Library podcast. Today, we have an interview with C.D. Rachels. I'm your resident librarian, Lee Blair. This library is your stop for all things light, fluffy, funny, sweet, spicy, and everything in between. I not only publish low angst queer romances, but I am a voracious reader of them too. I created this podcast because I wanted to talk to other authors who write romances with main characters on the LGBTQIA2S spectrum so that I can learn what draws them to the lighter side of angst more about their books and their writing processes. Welcome to the first regularly scheduled episode of the podcast. I'm so grateful for all of the support of the first seven episodes that I launched with the podcast last month. I'm really glad that those episodes are now out in the world because I've been sitting on those interviews forever. Well, this one too, which I'll talk about. Those tech issues are solved and they're out and I couldn't be happier. I released interviews with Arielle Zoel, AJ Truman, KM Newhold, Charlie Novak, Jacqueline Quinn, and Isla Olson. I also started with an episode where I introduced myself as the host to share my background as an author and as a reader, as well as a perspective that I'm bringing to this podcast. So if you haven't checked out those episodes yet, I hope you go back and take a listen or head over to lowangstlibrary.com if you'd rather read the transcripts. I am so glad that spring is here, y'all. I moved in December and my new place has a backyard and raised beds, oh my God, and all sorts of space for gardening. It's my first time being able to garden and I have seriously gone all in. I've attended a bunch of free classes at a local nursery and I've got all these really big plans for vegetables and fruits and flowers. I've also learned that my allergies are a bit more present than I realized, or that there's something at my new home that triggers them in a way I haven't experienced before. So I'm sure I'll be well acquainted with seasonal allergy meds because nothing's stopping me from gardening and sitting my sweet ass outside to work on my books. Moving to a big city also means access to all sorts of cool activities and classes. And I'm starting an introductory ceramics class tonight, and I can't wait to get my hands dirty. So if you have any tips for ceramics newbie like myself with the wheel or hand building, throw them my way at Low Angst Library on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. I'm sure I could use all the tips you've got. I've also been getting refocused on writing. And the past couple of weeks, I've been trying to finish a really fun project that'll be announced soon. I can't wait to share it with you. So that's what's been going on with me. I really hope that whatever season it is and whatever part of the world you're in, it's off to a great start. I'm really excited to share my interview with C.D. Rachels. We talked about how he started with National Novel Writing Month making the most of his debut year and the importance of diverse representation in books. C.D. Rachels has been coming up with stories since he was little. At first, it was all about superheroes and pocket monsters, but his genre of choice has expanded since puberty. He's been consuming young adult gay fiction since he was a teen, but within the past five years, moved up to the big leagues of gay adult romance. In 2020, during quarantine, he burned through more male-male romance books than he ever had in the previous 29 years combined. He lives in New York City with the love of his life and works in health insurance. 
Before we jump into this awesome interview with CD, I wanted to share a note about timing. This interview was recorded about five months ago, and due to many tech issues, I was delayed in launching this podcast. So when we start talking about CD's upcoming projects, know that the timing is a bit off. So I've recorded a brief update at the end to share about what's been going on with his books as of now, April 2023. And for those of you who've listened to the first episodes and this one, this is the last interview that was recorded back then. So moving forward, everything will be very fresh. All right, on to the interview. CD Rachels Char, thank you so much for hanging out with me today in the Low Angst Library. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Lee. Uh, good afternoon from the East Coast. It's very great to be here. And good morning from the West Coast. Time zones are so mm -hmm. weird. <laughs> I really like to start off by jumping right in and asking guests, what got you into writing books and writing romance specifically? Well, I, I think I've always really wanted to write or make my own stories ever since I was a little kid. And I like the romance genre. It was I hop around genres a lot, young adult. And then of course, after puberty, I got really into romance. And in 2020, I read so many romance books, so many on my Kindle Unlimited. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I like this genre a lot. Like, I want to write this genre. That's amazing. So you got that idea in 2020. And right now it's, we're nearing the end of 2022. So you went from wanting to read to having several books out all in less than two years. That's amazing. Yeah, it happened very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write anything before romance, like in any other genres or short stories or anything? Um, no, no, honestly, my preteen fan fiction was all romance-based, one way or the other. But we don't need to talk about what I wrote as a teenager. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> As far as we're concerned, that lives in a black hole in the internet, right? It doesn't exist. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so since this is a low angst podcast, I would love to know, what does low angst mean to you? That's a good question because I actually think it's very relative, just like humor is, because I've talked to many readers and writers and fans of books that I like as well. Some people are just not phased by the story. Some people say, oh, this is so angsty. And they'll be talking about the same book. So I think it's relative. Lower angst is less, I guess, less generally tearful, sad, distressing moments. So I had to put a definition on it. But again, it's relative. I think that's a really good point. The people that I've interviewed so far for this podcast, it's even varied from author to author. And humor is a really good way to connect that. And I think it's the same thing with spice. To some people, a book can be like super, super spicy and hot. And to other people, it's like, eh, no. it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what drew you to writing low angst stories specifically? Uh... I don't think anything drew me into it. Uh, maybe just the fact that I don't feel as much joy of putting out that kind of story, at least not regularly. That's probably my answer. I don't feel the joy in writing that. I can see the appeal in reading it sometimes, but that's, that's just not me. So I'm thinking just, I, I write books that I want to read. 
absolutely. That's, that's the answer to that. That's a great way to do it. And that seems to be the advice. Like when I started writing years ago, that was one of the first things, first pieces of advice I got was write the books you want to read because you're going to have a lot more fun when you're writing the rough draft, the revision, the next revision, the next revision, mm -hmm. all of those steps for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So when it comes to your reading habits, what angst levels do you typically read? Um, I, I tend to gravitate toward low to minimal angst, like I, like I mentioned, but now my taste has, my taste used to be not chaotic, but it was just like, grab whatever book I see on Kindle. And now I, I've honed in on a select few authors and they tend to stay, stay in the same range of Pretty low angst, heavy on the humor as a general. That's great. So as I've talked to authors, I have found that sometimes when people are in drafting mode, they cannot read other people's work because it can they, they're worried about accidentally, you know, internalizing or absorbing tone, whereas other people like to just always read either in what they're writing to keep that vibe going or in a completely different genre, but just needing that creative input. So when it comes to you and you're drafting, do you read while you're writing? Yeah, I like to, I like to read while I'm writing, but not from any intention other than I just like reading and romance is my genre of choice. So it's never like, Oh, I'm writing this thing. So I got to read this. No, it's just whatever is in my TBR, whatever I fancy today, I'll read it when I have time. But Naturally, when I'm writing, when I'm drafting, I don't have as much reading time. But even when I'm not drafting, I'll just do other things instead of reading sometimes. So the answer is no preference. Just read whatever I like. Nice. I'm kind of the same way. I'm a mood reader and I like to read while oh. I'm writing because it, it sort of fuels my creativity in a way. Like it just kind of keeps me remind, mm -hmm. like it reminds me of what I'm there to do a little bit. Yeah. So from your reading, do you have any low angst book recommendations? I mean, it's probably redundant to say your books. Oh, <laughs> that's, thank that's you. redundant to say your book. Worse one. Um, that's so nice. The, the yeah, the hockey series with James and Finley are really are really low angst. And they're some of my inspirations who got me sucked into this genre. Because oh, everyone, nice. I think everyone's book lovers have thought of like a a reading rut where it's like none of these books capturing my attention. But their series really grabbed my attention. So, Aww. I mean, they're very successful, popular, big fan base. So, that one, your books, my books, those are my recommendations. <laughs> I love it. They do have really great books too. And I love your series, which we're going to talk about pretty soon. We're going right. to jump into talking about a bit of your writing, but it's just nice when you're right. Like when you find those books that just can kind of pull you out of a slump. I love that. Yep. Thank you. So moving into talking about your writing, can you tell me about your writing process? I love learning about the quirks of each writer I talk to. That's that's a very good question. Um, basically, I started this journey. It's a really funny story. I started with NaNoWriMo, which is the National Novel Write Month. And I had no intention of becoming an author. I was just bored. I was like, I'm just going to do the NaNoWriMo challenge. <laughs> and I did some math and it was like... The, the challenge is 50,000 words by the end of November, roughly 1,600 words a day on average. I was like, all right, bet. So I just did it. That's what I did. And unlike a lot of people, I'm just in the point in my life where nothing was stopping me from 
keep going, <sighs> accelerate it. Keep going, accelerate it, edit it, publish. I'm at the point in my life where there was nothing to stop me. And now, as you can probably guess, I'm so entrenched in this life that I don't think I could stop even if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm fortunate <laughs> in that. That's the answer. That's the writing process. Just sit down and write. That's amazing. Because when you think about it, how many people have you met in your life where they've said, oh my gosh, I would love to write a book. That is the thing that I want to do before I die. And so many people don't do that. And to just say, hey, NaNoWriMo, I'm just going to do it. And oh my God, I wrote 50,000 words. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. It was surprising to me, but the fact was you can write whatever you want, but getting those you know as well as I do that writing is like, what, 30% of the process. <laughs> you know as well as I do that, that the meat and potatoes comes afterward. The headache comes afterward. <laughs> it's so true. The drafting is well, like the whimsical part. Like, oh, look at all these I new know, ideas. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you find some of your inspiration for the books and characters you've created? Um, it's funny that you ask that because a lot of people have agreed with me because I've mentioned it online on the forums and stuff that sometimes I'll just see people on the streets, strangers, maybe even acquaintances of friends. I think to myself, what if there's a, what if I write a story about a character based on this person? <laughs> just random strangers, people on the street, like, oh, that pizza delivery man, let me write a, let me write a story about that person. Just come up with a background. But to answer your question, absolutely. That my, my first series that I'm finishing up in a matter of weeks now. I gave a copy of my book to my best friend and she was like, this is just your life. This is just our <laughs> lives. I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, inspiration from my own life, pretty much. That's great. That's nice that you can find that yeah. inspiration from people and it, it's always just going to be there. <laughs> right. It. Yeah. Out of all of the books that you've written so far, which is seriously incredible that you have done this many so fast, what have been your favorite book or characters to write? That's a tough one. I think a lot of <laughs> authors will say, oh, they're all my babies. But I will say probably the closest to my heart is probably way from the strings we play because he's like a musician and he's an adult. So I'm, and I'm so far removed from college. All the other kids are college. And he's like, a, he's like an artsy musical adult. So, so far he's the closest to my heart, but I really do put a little bit of myself in every single one of my characters. So that the answer is way from book three. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great story. I love it. I love the whole series. So with this, you've got, you know, a trope kind of at the heart of your series, artists and athletes. So that's what opposites attract nerd jock trope those seem to be tropes you enjoy what are some of your favorite other tropes to read and write one of my favorite ones which i wrote that in the free novella the games we love um it's falling in love via text message slash email slash messenger with someone that you don't obviously you don't know them um so we're yeah you don't know them so you're just messaging and in that story that's my favorite trope because it really speaks to the, the person I am who just loves emotions and falling in love via emotions is, is very, it's very powerful. It resonates with me. And most importantly, I get to write that chapter where the two characters realize it's each other and then they <laughs> freak out. And that is my favorite part. <laughs> I love that trope too. Okay. Now I've got to ask, do you know a succinct way 
to phrase that trope because I cannot for the life of me figure it out. I talked to, I think it was Isla Olson who said this in an interview in one of the other episodes I've done. I think she called it online love or online romance. I, I don't, I love that. I, what do you that, call it though? That's a little, that's accurate. I was going to say you've got mail, but that's accurate. The way I call it is falling in love via email slash messenger, which is very wordy. And so that works to online love. You've got mail. Those work. It's tough because I feel like that's a really popular trope. I mean, uh, we both love that. That's absolutely one of my favorites too. And I see a lot of people in like books or in Facebook groups like MM Book Rec asking for that. But it feels like it's the one trope that doesn't have a universally accepted, you know, language to be able to recommend it or ask for it. That's it's a it's a lengthy one for sure. But it's so good. You're right. That moment, especially if they're like contentious in person and they can oh, be yeah. themselves it's... online. Oh, oh so yeah. It's... Love that. So good. So you are about to release the final and fourth book in your Artisan Athlete series, The Roles We Own. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm hold you in or drew you to writing a series focused on opposites attract and like jock artist to be honest i have no idea the the <laughs> the theme came after i finished book one it was literally after i finished book one i was like what do i call this series that was literally what happened to <laughs> the, the more realistic answer is that i had an idea of a story of a, of a guy who was very shy i was like oh he's popular and i had to come up with a reason i was like He's a soccer player. That was literally, I was like, because the other character is, is out and proud and he's, he's an artsy kid. And in case you weren't aware, like artsy thing, that's my jam. I took so many art classes in college. I did a bunch of, um, like, like music, art, you name it. That's what my life is all about. So I drew inspiration from there for sure. And then just that first book evolved. And by the end of it, I was like, I guess this is the dichotomy I'm going for. Cause I kind of wanted to pivot into music as well, eventually. So I was like, okay, well, that's a form of art. I was like, why don't we just make all the athletes fall in love with artists? Why don't I just call it artists and athletes? <laughs> and boom, the series was born. I love that. Did you have an idea when you were writing the first book that you wanted it to be a series? Or did that idea of writing multiple books develop after you already wrote the first one? I definitely wanted it to be a series. But the question of who is going to be with whom wasn't clear until like, I think the book was already done and I started book two. I wanted it to be a series. I was, I was setting up a series. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's fun when those things just kind of come together in terms of the who's going to be with who. <laughs> Did you draw from your own college experiences for the setting or any of the specific stories in the series? Oh, yeah. As I mentioned before, 100%. My best friend laughs at me. She's like, this book is just our lives. And I was like, yeah, I wrote it and I sold it. And she was like, that's great. Like, that's, that's the thing with this first series. Maybe it's just because I was starting out. But I, I lowballed it as far as ambition goes because I just took a setting and a world and characters and scenarios that I already lived through. And then I just wrote about it. Obviously, I fictionalized. Just, but not enough. My best friend was like, oh, this is, she was like, it's obvious. It was so obvious. <laughs> But, well, and I think that was good because it was my first series, you know, that, that ambition was low. Cause it was just like, get the process done. Um, 
And I'll tell you right now, the next series that I'm working on right now, I told you privately that I'm banging my head against the wall because it's, it's a life that I have nothing to do with. It has nothing to do with me. (laughs) So we have talked about that series. And then you also have your Formula One racing series coming up, right? Like that's the one I was, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. That's the one I was referring to. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Right, because I know you're working on the others. A little bit of a secret. Other things, yeah. Other (laughs) things, just other things. (laughs) So the new series that you're working on being Formula One, as you talked about. So your first series, you pulled a lot of your real life from that to kind of help inspire. This new one is a complete departure. And can you talk a little bit about that process of developing the world and why you wanted to set with Formula One racing and just kind of what the series is about? Well, the why is because Formula One is interesting and a lot of fans, mostly female, a lot of men too, we really like the drivers. We really, <laughs> really like the drivers. But to answer your first part of your question, it's, it's difficult. It's a departure and it's difficult. And it's, I've like whined about it many times to you over the past <laughs> month or so about writing this book. Yeah. It is a really hard when you're trying to research a whole new world and you want it to be authentic. And that's something that we've talked about too, is wanting that level of mm-hmm. authenticity. So if someone is familiar with that world because they're a fan of it, you you don't want to pull them out of the story for them being like, well, that's not how that's done, or that's not a right. word or terminology that would be used. It's really difficult. Wow. But it's worth it. It's gonna be right. great. I um right. I don't know if I should mention this, but there's a there's an author who wrote who wrote many, many books. So this author is very successful in our genre. But they were talking about a certain, I'm gonna say a video game franchise. And it's very clear that they don't know anything about this video game a real world video game franchise and i was laughing so hard and it it did take me out of the story it didn't remove my enjoyment but i was laughing because i was like you don't know how to play this game i know how to play this game but i'm not going to leave any i'm not not leaving the details of that because i don't want to throw shade at people for no reason i i feel the same way when i read books that involve like public relations or social media work because my day job is communications so a lot of those I found over the years, a lot of time, the representation of that career, I'm like, ah, that's not so accurate. Or archaeology. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, oh, this is so Indiana right. Jones. <laughs> that's not how it works. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I think in fiction, and hopefully people forgive me with my Formula One type racing universe, in fiction, we allow a certain, you can bend the rules to the real world. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like, you're going to use a real life franchise like interview a 10 year old for like five minutes. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's just, it was just fun. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that you and I have talked about periodically is how important it is to you to have Asian representation, not only in your stories, but like on your covers, such as in the strings we play. And you've already talked about way. So that's book three in your Artist and Athlete series. Can you talk a little bit more about yeah. representation and why that's meaningful and important for you? Yeah. Um, anyone who will talk about representation, you know, minority communities or marginalized communities, it's important because, you know, these are the books I consume and I, I'll feel more like attached to the main characters. Anytime you read a book and you, you're trying to get the, 
you want to, you sympathize for the main characters. And I feel like I could sympathize more if there's a character who's similar to me ethnically. That's one of the things. I can't expect every book to be like that, but literally every book has been the opposite of that. And it was absurd. And I'm reading so many books in 2020 and 2021. And literally none of them were even close to me ethnically. And I was like, this is a problem. I didn't seek out, I didn't start writing to solve quote unquote this problem, <laughs> but I was like, hey, my universe, my rules, my covers, let's mitigate this so that people like me don't have that problem. That's what representation is. People put it out there so that the next generation doesn't have to deal with that issue as much. That's a really great point. And I've seen that like in being in your Facebook reader group and seeing comments on your social media and things that people are commenting and saying, thank you for this. Like, I, I'm finally seeing myself or someone similar to me in the cupboard in these books. And it's, I imagine it, it must be nice to get that reader validation too. For sure. For sure. It, it means a lot to me. And it's whatever I, whoever I want on the cover, you know, the main character was. If they happen to be Asian, that's great too. If they're not, that's my choice as well. Yeah. And that's what I like about being an indie author. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that we have that flexibility to choose which characters go on the cover, who goes in our book, what representation we have, how we want to explore that representation. And it's nice to have that control and be able to be creative and honest in those ways. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a bit about this, or I've mentioned a couple of times, like you have put out so many books, which is incredible. So you started, got the idea in 2020 that you wanted to start writing romance. Your, if I'm correct, your first book in this series came out in February of this year, right? Yes. Okay. So by the time you had your one year publiversary, you will have five books out. So can you talk to me about how it's been as your debut year? It's exciting. I, I always tell people five and a half because I love anyone who's read the novella. They, I love the novella. That's so good. I love five it too. Because Artists and Athletes is 4.5 books. I don't care what any, sorry, <laughs> I love 4.5 books. It's a weird number. I'm sorry. But you know, one year into it, it's insane. There's, I keep, a lot of people can fall into the trap of saying, oh, there's so much I haven't done yet. Oh, I don't have all the readers that all these other authors do. But I look at all the stuff I've done and I'm like, wow. Like I did that, I put that out there. It's jarring, it's crazy. And if, if you told me a year ago, I would have thought you were insane. I was like, what, writing you a year ago? But yeah, I started, I, I wrote the first book in November of 2021. Wow. So, wow, that's less than a year ago. That's incredible. So you're very wow. prolific. How do you feel your process has evolved like do you feel like it was kind of an initial flurry to get things out or do you feel like this is a comfortable pace for you as a creator yeah it's like the more i learn the more i realize the less i know isn't that <laughs> the truth of life because yeah that it's not that i'm not do i'm doing a lot but there's so much more i could be doing it's, the better you get at it the more you realize you're not you have a lot to learn and a lot to go but this is, I'm fortunate in my life right now that this is the pace that I'm going at and I've made those connections. So fingers crossed, I'm able to, to churn out the quality product that I want to 
at a pace that I don't think is too slow or too fast. That's great. It's nice to find that and to have that pace from the beginning too. Oh, wonderful. What's the transition been like from going to reader to an author and reader? Uh, big one is less time for reading. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the biggest one is less time for reading. Um, I'm trying to think what other, maybe it's because I have less time for reading, but my reading has changed a lot because I now, I hone in on what I want to read. And I think I'm, and I'm reading more books now and I'm reading at a faster pace, but I still am more discriminate with the books I read because it's like, now it's not just randomly grabbing in the genre. Now it's which author do I like and who am I willing to spend time and money on? And is this a series I like? So I have to just be a little bit more like thoughtful about what I pick to read. Yeah, that's a great point. And it seems like too, as you create or read more, like your tastes get refined and you're able oh, yeah. to articulate. I found that too. Like when I started yeah. reading romance but and then over the years, like moving into ML, what I read sort of narrows down because I find those pieces are so exciting. Ooh, yeah. So what can readers get excited about in terms of upcoming projects? Ah, uh, well, you mentioned January is my, I call it my motorsports racing. Um, you and everyone will see why it's, it's a Formula One type of world and Get ready for it. So it's, it's different. There's a lot of things the same, but a lot of things are different. It's a lot of out of my wheelhouse. But the good news is that I've been talking about it since like May. I've been planning in my mind. I was like, I kind of want to do a book like that in May. But now this book is 100% coming out. Everything is, all the pieces are falling together. I booked everyone I need. That book is out on January 16th. And if you look really closely at my Amazon page, you can find it. But that's the big one. Of course, in less than four weeks, Artists and Athletes Book Four, The Roles We Own is out. And then after that, it's, it's less than, it's like two months later, the new series is out. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. What a great new start to a new year. Absolutely. <laughs> and I would love to know, just kind of summing everything that we've talked about up, what can readers expect from a C.D. Rachel story? What can you expect? Starting backwards. Happily Ever After, usually some artsy guys, a lot of humor, well, low angst, definitely low angst, but like, these should not be difficult to read. That was one of the big things going into it. And I tell my, my friends who have read it, they agree with me that it shouldn't take you that long to read my books. And I think that's a strength. I don't think that's a weakness in the product that I'm putting out. Um, shouldn't take you a really long time or be very difficult. Not that there's anything wrong with very long books or books that take a lot of time, but I don't think that you'll take that much time to read my books. You could probably, if you read quickly, you can bang them out in like a, a day, a day or two. Someone read two of them in a day once. It's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the best way for readers to learn more about you and your stories and get in touch with you? Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, talk to me on my Facebook group, the CD Rachel's chill discourse group. Talk to me on Instagram at CD Rachel's. Um, those are the big ones. You can private message me. I'm probably going to reply because I'm procrastinating on writing my next book and I'll just take any reason to not 
Right. <laughs> great. I'll add those links to the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to talk with you and I can't wait for your new series. Lovely. Thank you so much. And I appreciate being on here and I'll talk to you again whenever you'd like. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks. I had so much fun chatting with CD. He will be attending the Gay Romance Lit Retreat in October for the first time. And registration is now open for that fabulous reader-focused event if you would like to join us. As I mentioned earlier, I want to give an update on CD's book since some of the in info in the interview is a bit outdated. Since we talked, he released The Roles We Own, which completes his Artists and Athletes series. He's also released the first two books in his new Formula Q series. Both Drive to Thrive and Drive to Feel Alive are available now. Book three, Drive Back to You, will be out on June 12th of this year. I've got a link to his Amazon page in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me in the Low Angst Library. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Is there an author of low angst queer romance that you'd like me to talk to? There's a link in the show notes and on lowangstlibrary.com with a guest suggestion form. If you're an author writing low angst queer romance, there's a self-suggestion form in the show notes and on the website as well. A major goal of mine with this podcast is to have guests writing main characters in romance novels who represent identities all over the queer spectrum. And your guest suggestions will help me with that. If you'd like to financially support the podcast to help offset the cost of hosting, editing software, and transcription for accessibility, you can buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Other ways you can support the podcast are sharing episodes with your reader friends and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or another podcatcher that you found the show on. The show is also on social media at Low Angst Library. Until next time, keep reading.